You're listening to the Very Brave Podcast, the podcast for women who are looking to find their brave and take more bold steps in life. We'll be chatting with women from all walks of life about redefining bravery away from just physical and heroic battlefield acts and being more inclusive of emotional, moral and spiritual bravery. The very things women the world over are participating in every single day. If you're ready to be inspired by stories of feminine bravery from across the globe and you know it's time to make your next bold move, then get comfortable, grab a coffee and let's get started. And thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to introduce you to Paulette Stout. Paulette, hello. Hello. <laughs> nice to be here. Wonderful. Paulette, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about you? Well, I am a writer and recent author of um, a book. Um, I work in marketing. Uh, my passion is marketing and um, tinkering with words and making them sound awesome and communicate uh, so people, my clients, all in advertising and marketing can help customers find their products and make it really clear what their benefits of are of using their products. So I've been in marketing for like 20 years. I've worked in nonprofit as well, but I just, I love the craft of marketing. And mm-hmm. so I've just kind of nibbled around the edges in a bunch of different places around that. Fantastic. And uh, you've got quite an interesting backstory that led to the publication of your uh, new novel. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. Um, My book, Love Only Better, um, is, you know, a semi-autobiographical book about um, a woman who is struggling with her intimate life, is not feeling fulfilled and knows that there's more out there for her. Like there's a a part of this equation that she's missing. So she uh, starts on a journey to kind of figure that out, finds love along the way and finds herself. And that's very much based on my own story, which I was raised by a single father at a time when that was very unconventional. And he just never sat me down for the talk, you know, the talk about what it means to become a woman, what it means to um, have an intimate life. We just never had that conversation. So Mm. when I entered adulthood, I was really um, unprepared. I was not, um, did not know anything about intimacy, how that would work, what it's supposed to feel like. And I, I struggled there and there wasn't a lot of information out in the marketplace at that time about women's intimacy and fulfillment and how you, you know, find your sexual self. It's, you know, it's kind of like a taboo topic. It still is a taboo topic. You know, Mm -hmm. my book was released just a few weeks ago and everyone's like, oh my God, it's so taboo. And, you know, we're 2021, you know, women, Mm -hmm. there are babies, women have sex and (laughs) it's it's okay for it to feel good. So Mm -hmm. It just felt like there was a void in the marketplace around that conversation around women's right to pleasure. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of women struggle with that. And there's a lot of shame that's wrapped mm-hmm. up in there. And I, I felt that myself. So mm-hmm. I felt that this was uh, my book was a great opportunity to tell that story, to let women know that they're not alone if they're struggling in the bedroom and give them some tips and some education around how they can maybe get to a better place. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that there were quite a few brave decisions came in <laughs> to you publishing um, your book. So first of all, I'd like to ask you what 
bravery actually means to you? You know, knowing we're having this conversation today, I was thinking about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think I kind of distilled it down to doing something difficult that you know is right Mm -hmm. uh, and moving forward and, and potentially scary and moving forward anyway, because it's the right thing to do. Like, you know that there will be consequences. You don't necessarily know what those consequences could be. You know, it could be to your personal safety. It could be to your reputation. Um, it could be financial, you know, repercussions. But you move forward because it's the right thing to do. And um, you kind of let the chips fall where they may anyway. And I feel like that's that's where progress comes from. Progress comes from people being willing to go into the voids where many avoid. You are listening to The Very Brave Podcast. And and going there anyway. And I think I think that that for me is probably how I would define bravery. And thinking about your definition um, and reflecting on, you know, even the recent past, what were some of the uh, the things that you know you did that were brave? Well, for me, first, the first piece was writing the story and telling the story anyway. Um, no one talks about this. No one talks about, you know, women's sexual lives. Um, no one, can I say the M word? Am I allowed to say the M word? <laughs> no one talks about women masturbating. Like it just mm-hmm. doesn't come up. Women don't even want to say the word. We whisper it to each other in the shadows, you know, Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't, we should sit erect and we should have a voice and a conversation when men talk about their pleasure all the time. It's in pop culture, you know, they Mm -hmm. jokes about it in movies all the time, but for women, it's not the same. So just telling this story for me felt brave. And I think the second piece was using my own name. Um, Originally, I was going to use a pen name. Uh I didn't know what how this would affect, you know, my, me professionally, you know, with friends and family and community. I didn't know how people would react to, you know, me telling a story like this. Um, and I was going to use a pen name and then it just, it felt wrong. It felt like if I'm going to be telling this story, talking about women's right to pleasure and how women need to be brave and women need to come out and, and tell their stories and have, you know, hear the voices. Like I need to do that myself. Like I need to own that. Mm -hmm. I need to own my story. So it was really essential for me to not only tell the story, but to use my name and to be an example of someone who is unafraid to have this conversation. Um, And and I'm still not knowing where it's going to all fall out, but the response has been extremely positive. There are definitely those who have had a negative reaction, um, had that, you know, having their mean social media conversations, <laughs> but um, I'm comfortable with that. I knew that was going to happen. And I'm really proud of the story and the conversation that my book has started. Why do you think that, you know, you said that it's it's normalised, it's a pop culture thing, you know, for men to have these discussions. Why do you think it's fallen out of conversation uh, for women to talk about it? Because if we go back thousands of years, women were the original healer of men um, in this way, you know, men coming back from war, they would go and visit the temples of the sacred prostitutes and, um, <laughs> you know, and this this was women held in all their glory. And then, you know, these days 
you know, that, that's not the way. We're not looked at in the same way and we don't talk about these things. Why do you think that happens? Yeah, yeah I, think, I think our society and from a male perspective, I think the men in our society are very comfortable thinking of women as vessels for their pleasure, but they don't necessarily care to think about our own needs and our own sexuality um, in its own right. And I, and I think that our whole culture has evolved in that way. And, you know, here in the United States, you know, sexual education is a big debate, you know, in schools, when it happens, you know, it's a very personal choice for families, but when it does happen, in my case, it never happened, but, (laughs) but for those who do have it, it's usually like a single construct. It's Mm. this is intimacy and this is how it works, Mm. but it's really the education around it is around how men experience pleasure. It's not around how women's experience pleasure. And that's why there are so many that don't feel fulfilled after Mm. having sexual intercourse. There was a huge study. um, I can get you the information, but it was about 50,000 Americans of all, you know, gender identifications and only 33% of women regularly climax during intercourse of heterosexual women. You are listening to the Very Brave Podcast. That's 75% for men. Mm. Like if men were only experiencing 33% of the time, I think we'd be like, there'd be a major crisis. Nothing in the country would happen until men got theirs, but women, you know, suffer in silence as we so often do. So, mm. and it's the, the numbers are better in the LGBTQ plus community, but not as high as you'd think, you know, lesbian fulfillment mm. is lower than gay men fulfillment. So it's, it's really interesting that yeah. for everyone it's lower for, you know, biological females. So mm-hmm. I think that people are just used to that and there's no one kind of, you know, there are, you know, people out there that talk about this, obviously, but it's kind of relegated into the medical realm or the kind of kinky porn realm, Mm. but it's not in the mainstream conversation. So what I'm trying to do is kind of bring it into the mainstream conversation a little bit. You know, you, it's okay for, you know, everyone, you know, mom, dad, whatever, to feel fulfilled after having intimacy. And it's not, it doesn't have to be, you know, in, you know, in the red light district only in the Mm. porn realm. It doesn't have to be in the clinician's office. It can just be between women talking and feeling supported with each other and making that conversation a safe place. And so it sounds like sex education is delivered in a very masculine way. It's just about doing as opposed yes. to experiencing or being, which is the, the feminine way of uh, of doing things, which makes this very much a feminist conversation. Um, and I'm sure it's yes. been perhaps pigeonholed that way already, but also um, really empowering for women to join conversations like this. And when I've asked other women, um, you know, how did you know when you were being brave? They've told me things like um, I left that relationship or I stayed in that relationship or I did that thing that I was afraid of. Um, I applied for that job I didn't think I'd get. I started a business. I wrote a book. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As well as what you've already described uh, around being brave, What else do you think you can reflect on um, in your life and determine that, yeah, that was, now that I think about it, that was brave as well? I think that at our core and 
people vary in this, but I think many people are uncomfortable with change. And I think to move ahead when you're in your life, whether that's, you know, personal development, whether that's when your interpersonal relationships or with your work or schooling, you need to take risks. You need to take risks in life and kind of chance that the outcome will be better for you than where you are right now. So I feel like there are, there were pivotal points in my life where I embraced change when it wasn't comfortable and it, you know, it ended up leading to good things. You know, I've, I, I feel like right now I'm in my fourth career. You know, I started out working in advertising and I moved, you know, I had a family and I moved into a role working in nonprofit development, you know, because I was able to use my writing in, in a different way. And then I moved back into marketing and now as an author, I just feel like each step along the way, you know, there was a chance that it wasn't going to work out, you know, mm-hmm. and that, you know, we were going to be potentially, you know, at financial risk, you know, of, mm-hmm. you know, networking or something working out that way. You know, we pushed past that. And I have to, you know, give a huge shout out to, you know, my husband, who's been my partner for uh, 27 years more. We've been together for 31 altogether, you know, <laughs> we were very young. <laughs> <laughs> you were together, but he's, you know, we have those conversations, we communicate and we make those decisions together and we, you know, but he has, you know, he's a, he's a, an amazing man and he is very open to me pursuing my path. And, mm-hmm. and I'm really grateful to have a partner like that. Ready to wake up every day and live your bravest life. Sign up today for our 365 Days of Brave, and you will receive a daily Brave message from Rachel Evans herself directly into your inbox, completely free of charge. Go to bravemedianetwork.com backslash 365 and sign up for your daily Brave messages today. And that's also um, been a, a feature of, of some of the stories um, that I've, I've had the privilege to hear is that, uh, you know, for every woman that feels that amazing support from a man who does not fear um, his partner standing in the spotlight, there are stories of those, and I have one myself, um, my ex-husband uh, resented my light shining brighter than his. Ah, interesting. Yes. And yeah. uh, and a number of, uh, of women have described that as well. And um, now being in a marriage where it's the opposite the power, I guess, that you feel within yourself because you know you're not coming home to fight another battle <laughs> just to yes. you know, be able yes. to stand in your own space is um, amazing. So you uh, you hit the jackpot the first time. So congratulations. I did. <laughs> I really did. It's an interesting point you raised, and, I, and I've had many women in my life that have been in those situations and have been very, you know, not in safe situations, not in happy situations and had to make very difficult choices and, you know, potentially going out on their own with children. And it's there, you know, that's, that's far too common. Mm. And and that's, that's, it's a very sad situation, but it's good. It's, it's, it is an empowering moment for women when they can break free and, Mm. you know, perhaps me being raised by um, a single father, you know, made, you know, maybe I was imbued with, some of those characteristics that he had as a man, you know, and maybe made me, you know, develop differently than if I had been raised by two parents with a, with a, you know, mother more present in the household. 
But I think that combination between having these two amazing men in my life, my father and my husband, I, mm. you know, always felt really, really supported. And they, you know, told, they've always encouraged me to go out and, and achieve. So that, and that's been a blessing. Definitely. Now, how do you think we could encourage more women to make more brave moves? What do we need to do? I think that we need to view failure differently. I think that sometimes society views failure as as an extreme negative. And, you know, we don't grow unless we learn. And we don't learn unless we make mistakes and we fall down. So the failure is not trying. The failure isn't trying and, you know, maybe not getting the outcome we would hope for, you know, perhaps we learn something that we can get it the next time. So I think that we need to reframe risk and, and failure as a learning opportunity versus something that, you know, people should ex- expect immediate success. You know, maybe that's another piece of it is trying, but understanding that it may take some time to get to our ultimate goal. Mm. How do we get that message out that, that it's okay to do that? I think conversations like this are a great opportunity just to raise the topic of mm-hmm. of bravery of you know how we can bring more bravery into our lives and I think that the more voices have these conversations it'll become a more common occurrence and I think that anyone listening to this series should absolutely have open conversations with the women in their lives and talk to them. And maybe, you know, maybe we can challenge each other a little bit too. Maybe we, when we have these conversations with our friends and our family members and they're, you know, they're discussing their struggles and their hopes and what they want, you know, maybe we push each other. Maybe we make it okay to feel uncomfortable when we are starting a new opportunity and understand that newness isn't always bad because it's unknown. You are listening to The Very Brave Podcast. Now, I'm imagining that um, you've still got quite a few brave moves left in you yet. (laughs) So what's your next brave move? Can you share that with us? I'm working on the sequel to my book right now, and I'm going to be continuing the conversation around, you know, women's right to pleasure. So Mm -hmm. keeping that conversation going, I think that right now, part of our literary definitions needs some, you know, roughing up a little. I feel like there's an opportunity to infuse women's fiction with a little bit more sensuality. Right now, it's it can be very sober. And I think that there's opportunities for women to read stories that not only touch on, you know, you know, weighty themes, but can also recognize that central part of ourselves and infuse those two. I don't feel like we have to only have romance over here and women's fiction over here. I feel mm-hmm. like we need to, we need to embrace the more sensual life part of ourselves. And I feel like our fiction needs to reflect that perspective. So I feel like that's what I'm hoping to bring to um, the stories that I tell. And maybe we can create a new genre of books for women that are like a a bit more sexy (laughs) than what we're getting right now. Yes. And uh, and normalize what is supposed to be normal. Yes. 
Yes, mm. absolutely. And I'm hoping that as I promote the book, we're definitely a big piece of that is having the real conversation apart from the story, you know, having the conversation about why this is an important conversation for women, why 33% satisfaction rate for sex is not okay, you know, in any way for women and try to get women to maybe give sex another chance. If they've kind of put it into the no thank you department, like maybe, you know, we can get some more off the sidelines and a little more engaged um, with their partners and letting them know what they want and being happier. So yeah. I guess that's all wrapped up in continuing my current brave move, but you know, maybe my genre hopping will, can, will be brave too. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Well, Paula, thank you so much uh, for sharing uh, your brave story and uh, the the message that um, is so important that you are starting the conversations about. Where can we get a copy of your book? You can get a copy of my book everywhere. I am selling on Amazon, on Kobo, Barnes & Noble, Google Play Books, Apple Books. You can order from your local bookstore. You know, I've, I've already sold copies in Australia. <laughs> So people get people get buy it in Australia, and I really welcome people buying the book. Tell your friends, and you know, get your book group to read it. And um, you can get more information on my website, which is paulettestout.com. I'm very active on social media. Usually, it's Paulette Stout author or Stout content on Twitter. And you know, let's just let's talk. Let's have this conversation. Support each other and make it okay to embrace this, you know, essential part of ourselves. Well, it's down. Thank you so much. Good luck with the book and uh, the publicity and having those conversations. Uh, look forward to there being a sequel as well. Thank you so much <laughs> yeah. for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you for listening to the Very Brave podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Also, remember to give us a rating and review. I'll be reading out reviews on future podcast episodes, and I'd love to share your insights. For more information and additional resources, check out the website at www.therealrachel.com and www.bravemedianetwork.com. I love hanging out on Instagram as well. So make sure you follow me there at The Real Rachel Evans. And let's continue this conversation. I look forward to chatting with you next time.